0: Take Charge of Your Money with myself, Brendan Dale. Conversations on all things personal finance, from budgeting, saving, investing, insurance, financial planning, debt, life goals, and more. Visit takechargeofyourmoney.blog for more content. Welcome to Season 2, which is all about insurance, the various types of insurance you get, how they work, and why you need it. And on that, a special thanks to my sponsor for making this podcast possible. Not a fan of phone calls? With Naked, you can switch your car insurance in under 90 seconds without having to talk to anyone. Get a final quote online, and if you like the price, which you probably will, you can sign up instantly. Visit naked.insure to find out how Naked is making insurance quicker and easier than ever before. Naked, the new way to cover your stuff. Naked Financial Technology is an authorized FSP, and you can see the link in the podcast notes below. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about what's probably one of the most valuable assets that you have, and that's that's your ability to earn money. So whether you are an entrepreneur, or if you're running your own business, or even if you're full-time employed, being able to earn an income is obviously what keeps you alive and obviously keeps you going. So if you can't earn it, that would be a major catastrophe to your to yourself and your family. And with me to talk about this is Monre Stain. You are a qualified CFP, so that's a financial planner. You're a risk and investment strategist. And yeah, I think before we delve into this interesting topic, maybe you can just introduce yourself.
1: Thanks, Brendan, for this opportunity. Uh, indeed, yeah, g- good brief. Um, I'm also, a, um, as you mentioned, a certified financial planner. I was very fortunate to be part of the 2014 um, financial plan of the year competition, I managed to get into the top five. So I was very chuffed about that achievement. Uh, That's very impressive. Thank you. And um, I run an independent wealth management company called Quadrant Wealth. I set it up on the basis of representing clients and looking after clients with 26 years experience, experience coming out of corporate. I realized clients actually need to feel empowered and um, receive the knowledge and advice across all facets and spectrum of wealth, or investments, or risk. So the whole principle behind Quadrant Wealth is to provide holistic solutions to clients on an independent and innovative way of delivering a service and solution.
0: Thank you. Getting back to the topic of, of dealing with this risk of you not being able to work, I guess there's there's quite a number of things that could happen, and you know, there could be a minor accident that sets you off for six weeks or something even longer, or even permanent things. And it's not really a nice topic to talk about. It's not nice to think about what could happen. It's not nice to think about the fact that you could become disabled and how do you approach this with
1: clients? You know, how do you start this discussion? This is always a very difficult topic debate, even amongst friends, family members. The last thing you want to talk about is a dreaded disease. Um, but the reality is, if you look at the statistics, you know, more people are diagnosed with a dread disease than a disability. And sort of case in point, I've got um, income protection and dread disease cover through one of the insurers. And I'm a keen mountain bike, and I happened to have a fall and injured my low back. And under their dread disease benefit, they included trauma cover. And fortunately, uh, being a mountain bike in an the event, they paid out a lump sum mm. for the trauma cover, and I had the income protection uh, to provide and cover my overhead. So I've personally experienced what it means to have a form of dread disease cover as well as trauma. Mm. And what does it mean? It, it really means that you're creating total peace of mind, um, that if an event does take place, whether it's a dread disease or a trauma event, that you've got some financial support, whether it's in the form of income. But I think what's key is looking at ways and means of um, maintaining your lifestyle, not enriching yourself through a disability or dread disease benefit. And I assume also you are the biggest asset. And we tend to find we insure a motor vehicle before we actually insure ourselves. And, and that's a common theme that keeps coming through and is concerning.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But now you mentioned dread disease. What What is a dread disease? Because it's a funny word, really.
1: A dread disease is actually a medical event that takes place throughout the anatomy. Um, and, you know, common thoughts is, for instance, cancers, um, heart or cardiovascular issues uh, any any medical event that would affect the human body or the ability to function normally is a type of a dread disease. why do
0: you sort of categorize dread diseases separately to your health cover or is it
1: or are they kind of the same? Um, they are largely seen as the same. I guess you could go ahead and have um, income protection, which is a type of um, sickness and disability you can have a severe illness which pays out a lump sum so the big differentiator between um, something severe and less severe is you tend to find that your less severe medical conditions um, are covered under a sickness type benefit and your more severe events like cancers you know heart attacks that's seen as more of an extreme event, and it pays out lump sum. So the insurers do differentiate between the two, but they can overlap. Okay. I guess the whole
0: point of this kind of cover is that if something happens that causes you not to be able to work for more than a month, that there'll be some kind of compensation so that, as you said, you can maintain your lifestyle. So the the main ones that I'm hearing or that I know about is ill health cover, dread disease, and income protection. Are those the only ones there are, or are there other forms of cover?
1: There's also um, capital disability, which you know, one's probably left out. But perhaps what I should do is touch on all four of those, so we can just clarify to mm. the listeners what each one means and when they do and when they don't pay out. So what's key is when it comes to sickness benefit and uh, as a lump sum or as an income protection is you want to look at the whole body system. So you can go ahead and apply for insurance cover, which only focuses on one or key uh, dread disease events, you know, like I mentioned, your cancers, your heart attack. But then your comprehensive benefits that you have with insurers covers the entire anatomy. So it could cover about 230 to 250 different medical conditions and different body parts throughout the system. So it's essential to the listeners that when they are looking at some form of income protection or dread disease cover that they're familiar with the type of cover that they're applying for whether it's a comprehensive option or a basic option and then your sickness benefit provides exactly that so if you diagnosed or not diagnosed but if you suffer from an illness bronchitis or any short-term medical condition that you can recover from and that could be anything from seven days or longer your income protection would pay out, whereas your dread disease benefit wouldn't. So I think that's where a good combination of sickness benefits in an income form, as well as a lump sum dread disease benefit covering for major events, is a nice way to create a type of peace of mind when it comes to dread disease events.
0: And talking about income protection, you said um, after seven days of being sick, you could claim. Would it be useful for someone who's full-time employed to have that kind of cover if you've sort of got leave days already or you've already got sick leave that you could
1: claim? That's a very good question. Um, So most group benefits offer group life cover as well as disability. You do have uh, your annual leave, which works on a cycle, a three-year cycle. Um, But the problem there is your group risk benefits only covers disability. It doesn't cover a dreaded disease or loss of income. So let's assume something happened to you at work and you were hospitalized for three months. It's unlikely that your employer or the scheme would pay you uh, due to a medical condition. Your sick leave would pay out. Your medical aid would cover medical bills. But you've still got your monthly expenses that need to be covered, you know, even while you're going through this rec- period of recovery
0: yeah okay i can see definitely how that's useful but now all these insurances much like all insurances we have i mean it, it gets expensive if you're choosing to cover yourself with all these options how would someone know you know how do you know what you actually need and how much cover you need
1: i, th- I think what's key is that you sit with a independent financial planner And you engage in dialogue where he can ascertain exactly what need and what benefit you're looking for. And that's very diverse. As I mentioned to you, you've got the income side of things as well as you've got the lump sum side. Um, You've got your budgets and you've got your cost things, so that will define and determine how much cover you have and whether you go for a comprehensive option or a basic option. So the best way to determine exactly what you need is to sit with your financial planner, Have those discussions. Try ascertain if something did happen to you from an illness, what sort of cash flow do you have available to cover you for those unexpected events and whether you've got sufficient cash flow to actually cover those liabilities, whether it's in the form of a lump sum or an income. And we tend to find that insurance is the cheaper of the two or less of the two evils in terms of providing some peace of mind.
0: And also what you're saying is an independent planner obviously will, will give you a far less biased approach and actually advise you more holistically, I think, than someone who just wants to sell you products. So that, to me, is always quite a, quite a key thing to look out for.
1: And added to that is one needs to be familiar, familiar with all the different insurance companies and what type of dread disease they offer you. Um, the word, as you mentioned, is quite loose, dreaded disease. But what does dreaded disease mean? And it varies from insurer to insurer. So sitting with someone that deals with a number of different insurance companies can actually do a comparison and highlight the strengths and weaknesses or features and benefits of each dreaded disease plan.
0: Okay. And then something just I'm uh, thinking of now that you're mentioning with dreaded disease, if if your family's got a history of, a particular disease, obviously you would disclose that on the form up front, but could you still
1: get cover? It dep- all depends on the risk appetite per insurer, and that's also quite diverse and varies from company to company. Hmm. So their claim statistics, their claim ratios will determine whether they're prepared to take on someone with a family history, um, and perhaps you could just use cardiovascular or heart attack as an example. Uh, they'll look at your cholesterol levels they'll look at the medical history they'll look at any events that have taken place within your medical environment and they will then go ahead and make a informed decision based on strict underwriting criteria and it's always imperative to have full disclosure rather be in a position where an insurer declines your application than try a sneak yeah, you know, and and avoid and and lie to degree about a particular question because you want the cover. Be transparent. You can either have your premiums at normal rates. Um, it could be declined or it could be loaded. But it's all about risk management for the insurance companies and trying to make the product affordable for the for the member.
0: Yeah, and I guess it would be. You're wasting your money if you lying on that form and onto disclosing things, because then very easily they will decline your claim when, when, and if you actually need to claim.
1: Absolutely, and they've got access to all records, and then it's not mm. very difficult to determine whether there has been a non-disclosure event or not. Yeah, so you're really
0: doing yourself a disservice by by sneaking that in. Um, now. Monre, our circumstances obviously change over time and, you know, all sorts of life events happen and just the fact that we get older each year. How regularly or how often would you actually reassess specifically now income protection or dread disease, this kind of cover? How often should we relook at this?
1: I think it's always imperative to meet with your financial planner at least once a year to to review your overall picture and if there's any change in circumstances so if there's taken on additional debt or you've had a life-changing event or you know you just need clarity because the industry is continually evolving and changing as I mentioned you could go for a basic cheap um, dread disease plan but as your earnings start increasing your cash flow improves and then one wants to probably upgrade their dread disease plan so it always comes down to Um, Providing total peace of mind. So, if there's a lifestyle change, invariably one's reactionary. So, if there's a medical event that takes place with the family member, one tends to go ahead and put cover in place. My recommendation is meet with your financial planner once a year, and when there's a medical event, sorry, a life changing event, um, meet up and discuss it. Your financial planner should be a partnership.
0: Mm,
1: Okay, and.
0: Let's say you've you've recently met a new financial planner or whatever, or maybe even your your regular planner, and you've you've come across a policy that you decided you no longer need, but you've been paying for it for five years. And I know the feeling you kind of feel guilty cancelling a policy because now you've been paying for it all this time and you haven't had any value out of it. I mean, is there any value in keeping a policy once you've determined that you don't need it?
1: Um, I suppose the policy is quite a loose word, but let's look at the individual benefits. So if you had to have a dreaded disease plan or a disability plan and you've been paying towards it for the last five years, should you change? One's got to do due diligence and make sure that it actually is in your best interest to move. And the reason why one would possibly consider change outside of your normal um, insurer would be if you can get greater coverage, more whole body system cover, um, with additional features and benefits, because some of the insurers now include parent and child critical illness benefits. So, products are always evolving and always changing. So, I think it's imperative to revisit the original plan. And if it means changing five years down the line, it is in your best interest to consider that. And I assume, or use an analogy motor vehicle insurance. If you move from one service provider to another service provider, you tend to do that for far more efficient service or for more efficient costs, but there's no harm changing because you're paying for insurance. there's no cash component, so you're not going to be affected by any exit penalties. The only risk would be there may potentially be an exclusion, a waiting period. then you may want to think twice about doing that change.
0: so it is it is potentially worth changing, but as you say, we need to really. Investigate that and chat to a professional and and see what you can get, but yeah, I think sp- especially with these sort of types of policies or we we often just open them and leave them and forget about them, so yeah good point to revisit it
1: and always look at your terms and conditions, and uh, I touched on you know the industry and how it evolves. Certain companies also have greater appetite for taking on slightly more risk or some have special offers. So always engage with your financial plan. And I think we've also perhaps should touch on, you know, the income aspect where we spoke about, you know, income protection, whether it's in the form of business or individual um, or going for the dread disease. Because a lot of the insurers actually pay out dread disease on a tiered basis. So you might be insured for a million rand, but the fact that you got stage one cancer doesn't mean to say you're going to receive a million rand you might end up only receiving 10% of that. And a lot of clients aren't familiar with that. So once again, ask more and more questions and individual benefits will suit individual um, assured. The
0: stuff gets complicated. So I guess, as you say, just ask questions, ask lots and lots of questions. Then in your experience, what are some of the misconceptions that you've come across that people have around income protection or dread disease?
1: Um, it's never going to happen to me and there's no need for me to pay a monthly insurance premium um, because I'm not going to become disabled. Um, likewise, when it comes to dread disease, you know, it happens to other people, but it's not going to happen to me. And when you go through this statistic, what's key is that one has a great understanding of what statistics look like when it comes to the dreaded disease. I mean, to give an example, 59% of men claim from a dread disease event 41% of women claim from a easy bent. So you can see automatically male statistics are far greater. But what is concerning is um, breast cancer within ladies, 48% of ladies or females are diagnosed with breast cancer and um, 36, 32% of men are diagnosed with prostate and 36% with heart conditions. So, that in itself highlights the fact that statistics, which are real and is based on actual numbers, these things do happen. And we tend to only focus on being affected by family members. But if you look at the overall numbers and claims per insurer, it's unbelievable. And if you also look at COVID, I mean, we all, you know, being affected by COVID, your sickness benefits would have paid out for COVID. So, you would have at least had some income protection knowing that your expenses will be covered even though you're unable to either if you're a medical specialist look after patients or if you're a professional have some peace of mind and you've got that protection and also what we tend to find is apart from being diagnosed with those minor medical conditions it tends to be a second relapse and um that's something that one also needs to factor in when it comes to looking at insurance products and dread disease benefits, is does your insurer provide for a relapse cover? So if I'm going to claim under the same condition, will I be covered or does the condition have to deteriorate? So do I have to move from stage one cancer to stage two before they pay out the balance? Or would they pay for multiple claims? So it's quite a complex Cover to apply for what you have in place and it certainly takes longer than 30 minutes to shed some guidance and insight.
0: Yeah definitely but it's also the stats you have just mentioned are quite scary actually it's it's making me think right now that I should actually revisit this myself I haven't done it for some time I'm feeling a little older I don't know why I'm feeling older today but maybe it's just I'm tired after all these meetings but yeah I mean it's, it's complex stuff but thank you very much for shedding some light on it. Do you have any closing tips, though, of, of what people can do to maximise or to just ensure they get the right cover?
1: I, I think what's key is engage in those discussions. Rather be proactive than reactive, because once you've got a medical condition or you're ill, the insurers are probably going to decline your application. So when you're young, the premiums are lower and cheaper, so apply for dread disease cover. Given the stress environment, we talk about COVID fatigue. These are all underlying factors that increase our stress levels and with increased stress levels um, the onset of dread disease are more prevalent now than ever before. So sickness cover as well as lump sum cover just provides additional cash flow, additional liquidity to help you through these changing times and just to maintain your lifestyle. it's important to not have cash flow issues when there's a solution in the marketplace out there. That's the one thing i would touch on. The second thing possibly would be have a close relationship with your financial planner. Look at a number of different service providers. So don't just go for the first company. You know, There's six or seven big uh, insurers that offer very comprehensive dread disease and disability benefits in place. Ask your advisor to give you three or four different options and then work through a process of elimination that's actually tailored for your specific need. And look at also the, the funding mechanisms. And what I mean by funding mechanisms is different ways of paying a premium. So you can either pay a high premium now, but over time it's going to cost you less. Or you can go for a discounted premium now and pay a lot more at a future date in time so feel empowered ask many many questions and um, no matter how basic the question might be seek clarity and ask great thank you
0: so much and monre thank you for your time and for your expertise in this and i'm sure the listeners will really appreciate it i mean i really appreciate it and definitely i've learned some things here myself so thank you
1: thank you so much for the opportunity brendan
0: So just as a reminder, this episode, and in fact, the whole season is sponsored by Naked. That's naked.insure. And I'm gonna put the link down in the description below. So please check them out.